0: Welcome to the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a very special edition of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. The 37 cast, a kind of cast that we have never done before, never tried before. No Shut Up and Sit Down podcast has ever reached this kind of height. We're going to be celebrating all things 37.
1: Anything 37 related in our minds, we're going to be thinking about that really hard and really having a lovely time thinking about that whilst talking about games. And here we are. (laughs)
0: On our podcast about, just sit down, wait for it, board games, card games, table games, anything that you can pay, play, pay, pay for and play in the comfort of your own home. On your table, on your floor, in a cupboard, in the bath. We- Don't play games in the bath
2: You'll get the pieces wet Some of them are plastic A lot of them aren't Calm down everybody I, This the, the energy in this room is, is crazy We've come back from the Christmas break We've played so many games Matt in particular has gone home And just dumped... Like, eight games in front of his parents.
1: As I, I have understand been it. a little bit like a board game Jesus, to uh, be honest. Yeah, going to the disciples with, oh like, loads word. of board games and being like, hey, we played these, Play these. Let's play them quick. I'll be dead soon.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, there was a comment. We did our first, first news of the year, like, yesterday, and uh, one of the comments was just a really excited guy going... I bought all these games from your top 50 and I gave them to my parents and they were all good. Yeah, he they just are. exploded it's, like it's 800 funny that, words.
1: It? Well, I kind of did a similar thing. I was looking through the top 50 and I was suddenly like, oh, there's some of these I haven't got. And uh, So I bought from my mum, I bought Pictomania because she likes oh. drawing and art and she likes games as well. So I thought, um, I didn't know anything about that other than you guys basically said, oh, it's really good. It looks like it's a fun drawing game, but there's more to it than that. And oh, so you didn't know about it? No, I
2: didn't know anything about it. And uh, it was really lovely. Um, and really fun. Do you want to outline Pictomania? Because this is one of those games that we have been screaming about for years and we will never stop screaming about. What a
0: good way to start the podcast as well. Pictomania
1: is a game whereby you all have little boards and little pens and little wipey sponges. I love the little wipey sponges. Uh, So you're not wasting any paper. It's important to save the world. Uh, And means you draw the picture of what you have to draw. But what do you have to draw? Well that's a little bit more complicated. Effectively you have these seven cards you draw and they all have like five different things on. And it means that you put them on this little like rack and then everybody has what effectively is almost a grid of words. And you've got like maybe, I don't know, 50 words or more which you can look at. And one of those, you all have these other cards which then give you basically
2: your coordinates on the grid of what word is yours to draw. So you're drawing number four on the circle card which is a fridge. A fridge, so you're drawing a fridge. And what's great about this is it means that
1: everybody gets dealt these cards of what their kind of what their thing is. And it means that you're drawing a fridge and it means everyone else is looking at what you've drawn and then looking at this massive little grid of words and trying to work out what you've drawn. But the fun thing is, there is an element of deduction in it. In the fact that you know if you're card number four, then it means you know that when you're looking at other people's drawings, you can ignore card four entirely because you've got it. Yeah. Like no one
2: else has it. This being in case you haven't gathered, uh... Everyone is drawing at the same time this and is the mad thing. guessing yeah. at the same time. Everyone's
1: drawing and guessing at the same time, which means I had one round where I just decided I couldn't do it, so I didn't draw anything. <laughs> I just gave up and just looked and just tried to do good guesses. Mm. Um, but it's really clever, it's really fun, and it has this wonderful moment of because it can't be your one, because you've got four, circle four, so you know it can't be circle or four... But then every now and then, because you're in such a rush to guess, it means you go, oh, that must be that. And then you look at the next person's drawing and you go, oh, well, that's obviously that. And you look at that and realise, but that's the card number that I just put down on that, yep, yep. which means that one's wrong. And you can't take them back, yeah. which means you suddenly go, oh, no, because it means then you've definitely <laughs> got two wrong. And we had a wonderful comic moment at one point because a lot of the phrases are quite similar. Like a lot of one of the cards was just lots of family related
2: things. Oh, yeah. So it's like you have to draw an uncle, but then people around the table might be like, is he drawing a father? Is he drawing a... a Oh, isn't there one for like,
0: uh, there's one for meeting or argument or, and they're all very similar and they're all basically some people in a room using their mouths, but in some cases they're... (laughs) They're agreeing or they're disagreeing and you're trying to work out the difference between... One of the more difficult cards was just all of the different, like loads of different Star Wars films or Star Wars cartoon spinoffs. And and it's like, how the
1: hell do you differentiate between those? But uh, it was lovely. We just had this moment where we're both just drawing and then me and my mum both look up at exactly the same time to find the art we'd drawn. Almost exactly the same (laughs) thing. (laughs) Really? Yeah, we're just like, I can't remember what it was. Mine was like son and hers was like family or something but it was still this thing of us looking up at each other's drawings and just
2: realizing we'd just drawn identical pictures so did you and we just burst out laughing importantly most importantly did you get to the level four difficulty cards oh yeah oh, i mean God. i like that it's kind of flexible that you kind of can be like should we have a more difficult one now because it's not like it's more difficult for everyone at once
1: so yeah. it's fine we did try the obst- extremely obtuse ones but you get around it in a weird way but yeah it's a lot of fun it's very silly, very fast-paced and uh... Yeah, yeah, really, really impressively fun. Uh, and it doesn't outstay its welcome at all. For a party game, it's over no. very quickly. We, so we finished and we're like, let's play again. And, you know, it's like the sort of yep. game where it's, you get it out, there's no flaff. You just. No flaff. flaff. No <laughs> flaff. Please, just. <laughs> I, we, we should really have a, site, a section on the site that's just no flaff. Games. No flaff. No games. Games without any flaff. I'm no fed flaff. No flaff or business. No, that's, no that's flaff not, or business. Yeah. Please. Please. But yeah, Pictomania, great. Really Just,
2: those level four difficulty cards like draw the concept of chaos, draw nothing. Like you know, you have to draw nothing, which is not drawing void, which is not drawing. You know, I. Right. What would has one would draw a bailiff, but not a not a court man, not a yeah, judge, not a they're really lawyer. really kind of
1: similar things. And uh, it is lovely that you do get rewarded and penalised for for doing a good job. So if you're really good at guessing, but no one got your picture at all then you know you get kind of held back it's it's a smart little simple scoring system it is as stupid um, as it is smart
2: and i love those moments when you have difficulty four rounds of everyone receiving their combination of cards to see what they have to draw and you have a table of five people who all simultaneously go ah this is bollocks (laughs) like how like four people complaining at the same time that what they have to draw is impossible then a sort of silence and then everyone just gets to work drawing a gram or drawing like yeah, drawing uh, Nebula. And
1: you still have that wonderful moment of all, of every other player getting it wrong because, like, your drawing is so bad that everyone <laughs> thinks you were, like, doing that. And they're like, no, it was this. And everyone's like, no, it just looked like that. That's all it looks like that. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, it's funny, and it, it takes away that kind of, um, frustration almost when you have a kind of traditional kind of drawing game where one person is drawing and everyone else is trying to guess. You often get to that point, especially if people aren't getting it and it's a team game, if you're just looking at your team members and being like, no, wanting to explode with anger because they haven't got something that you deem to be obvious. It just means that, like, you're too busy drawing your drawing. You're looking at their drawing and you're aware your drawing's rubbish and everyone's a rush and everything gets it wrong. And it doesn't hang about. It means you don't have that kind of angry moment where someone looks like going to burst a vein whilst looking at you, just <laughs> you to go, "How the hell do you not know this is a bicycle? What is wrong with yep. you?" You're just thing.
2: busy. You're too busy to be annoyed in pictomania, which is a lovely. Like, yeah, it, it
0: inevitably that's... means you also forget something. You either spend too much time guessing or too much time drawing, or mm-hmm. because you know you the the quicker you can guess and finish, the more points you can potentially get. You know, you end yeah, up in that situation yeah. where it's just like. You feel incredibly smug because you think you finish quickest and you grab the the best token, but actually, you just. And I even look.
1: I even love the fact those speedy bonus points for finishing first they backfire if you if yeah. end up being really bad, then you lose those points. Yeah, you they actually negative. count as negative speed so, points. exactly, yeah. like you kind you of sometimes ridiculous. have rounds where you finish quite quickly, but you have so
2: little confidence now how well you've done that you just choose not to take any bonus points. I mean, speaking as someone who's shit at drawing, God bless any drawing game that encourages you to skirt like, sort of. The worst possible thing you could draw, like Pictomania is a game that doesn't say draw well. Pictomania says just draw, draw yeah. shit, but not too shit, and that is that is like within you know that that makes me happy. It's a lot of fun. It's a good game. But we, this is a new year, guys. We should talk about some new games, not not just the stuff from our top 50, which we love. We have to. Leave those people behind. We have to say goodbye. You don't we have, have to f- leave them.
1: I'm not leaving. Okay, well,
2: Hello? I want I want to find a new relationship. That, that with... top
0: 50 is still there if anyone wants to go and read that. That will be there all year. You Although maybe. one thing I it. will
2: say is I actually got my first
1: proper Spyfall sessions in over Christmas. With oh, me, yeah, you, you said you
2: had an incredibly brief Spyfall yeah, story.
0: Yeah, it
1: is really brief. It was just hilarious the fact that my dad ended up being amazing at Spyfall. Absolutely amazing. It's because really? his job is mainly he's like a, a careers advisor. He writes career books. He's called John Lee's. So if you need a career book, they're actually really good. I'd recommend checking them out. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Sudden does, plug. He does tons of interview advice and tons of advice about how to ace interviews and stuff. And it meant he was incredible at Spyfall because he had the mastered the art of being able to give answers to questions which were satisfying despite being vague. <laughs> So it meant all the time. So he treated it like a job interview. It was exactly the same. And the questions he would ask other people were actually like, almost like job interview questions of like, what 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 motivates you to get out of bed in the morning sort of thing. Oh, wow. But it oh, meant that when he man, answered questions... No. The, but he was brilliant at it. He got away with being the spy so often just by giving answers which said nothing but didn't <laughs> set off alarm bells somehow. Because I think he gives so much experience. He's got so much experience giving people advice for interviews to, to get through that, of being like, Here's a generic, here are generic good things
2: to say. Yeah. He was just...
1: It was unbearable.
2: I had a bizarre game of Spyfall in Vancouver where, as a running joke, a guy did long speeches as answers to his questions. Oh, wow. Like, it, you know, it was a speech that would take upwards of a minute with lots of pauses and thoughtful sort of pacing. Like, you know, you ask me what gets me out of bed and I would say, well, you know, this year <laughs> I've been thinking that my strategy for... And it was just... It's kind of what you're Nothing. describing. Bullshit business waffle, which yeah. was hilarious, and we'd all really laugh, but then forget that he might just be making it up.
1: Yeah, just it's a, to be... It's a joke as distraction. Kind of breaks the game. We did have an amazingly... The funniest moment, I think, was when uh, <laughs> the location we were in was at uh, the Crusades. Yeah. And my first question to my brother was, uh, um, are you worried about tomorrow? And he said... I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. <laughs> at which point we just erupted into laughter for a very long time, and then just pointed at him and said, "No." <laughs> but yeah, oh
2: that my God, is that's amazing. That I, is absolutely I, I,
0: awesome. I thing you can do actually is is appropriate the uh, the timer from Code Names or any timer and do timed yeah. spyfall, and we've discovered that if you give someone thirty seconds or twenty seconds or fifteen seconds and you get this kind of quick-fire spy fall, it actually becomes amazing. Yeah. That yeah, Less sense. time to sort of dwell seconds, and 15 seconds, you know, finger-clicking, like, That's you know, good. Tom, what's that smell? Uh, Susan, what are you doing today? It just... <laughs> because you, you can't think of the questions either. What's that, is that smell thing. was
1: a
2: really popular uh, yeah, question for some reason. That was in our comment that... People said it breaks. By fall If what's the second most common smell here? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> back in back like five minutes ago, I was crafting a beautiful segue about romances and relationships. Let's hop back on that segue. Well, I can, it's not the same, man. It's uh, all I've right. reversed it I'm back. Sorry. You can get on it now. Okay, so in the on new, board. this is rubbish. In the new year, you know, we have to say goodbye to old relationships. We have to look for new games, new sort of suitors. Paul, suitors. You, were playing, you played Marrying Mr. Darcy.
0: So here's the thing, okay. This was a this, Kickstarter game, right? Yeah, this was a Kickstarter game that did pretty well. Uh, and it's based around the theme of uh, Pride and Prejudice and the idea that uh, you you all play young ladies who are looking at a table of suitors, which is a table of cards, which are guys that you can potentially marry. And it's funny. It's not the kind of game that I'd usually get really excited about because it's... it's a th- Fairly basic card game where you just have a huge stack of cards. The game ends when the stack runs out, and you gradually draw these cards, uh, and they all have some kind of a thing on them that happens, which is uh, usually some sort of event like there is a party or okay. there is uh, something socially embarrassing happens. Uh, and very often, there's not a great deal of strategy to it, it's just about trying to collect good cards or. Or roll a die and then see if that means that you're successful in a thing or not. And you can't control it a great deal. And usually, you know, I wouldn't, I maybe still wouldn't recommend it, but it's just a game where the theme was so, it worked. The theme really worked and it really worked with a table of people who totally got into it and all pretended to be young ladies in that sort of Regency era era. Worrying about what they were wearing, worrying about how they're going to become funny enough or attractive enough or rich enough to grab the particular guy that they want from the middle of the table at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, you know it's funny. Shut up and sit down. Sometimes get this this criticism. I always see people on the internet like thinking they've nailed down that oh, shut up and sit down doesn't like euro games or they don't like you know games with miniatures or whatever. I'm always having to read that stuff and it drives me crazy. Uh, the the theming stuff though is like weird because. We will often sort of be a little bored by games with, like, you know, Plastic Space Marines or Soldiers or something that's quite commonly popular in board games. But it's not that we don't like thematic games. It's that we as a site, like, super, you know, outside-the-box themes. Like, I completely get that you and your friends would find marrying Mr. Darcy as exciting as, like, you know, uh, someone else might find, like, the idea of boarding a spacecraft with laser cannons, you know?
0: and i, I, I just... absolutely didn't expect to i th- I just thought it would be a fun thing where we'd go through the deck and it would pass some time and we'd chuckle but actually we, we hugely got into the idea that one of the players was was a terrible hussy because her dress was too revealing one round and then <sighs> another round she had uh a compromising liaison with it the game just kind of builds itself and you know you get into character and for you know for us at least that really worked we we just put a little bit of something extra into it, and it felt like we really got quite a lot out. I think it is a, a, maybe a case of some of these
1: different themes just come with less baggage. And I, I found the interesting thing as well, Like the one game which people, when I tell people about all the wonderful games and styles and things you can try in board gaming, the game which people always want to play based purely... Oh, little microphone there. It's fine. The game that people always want to play based purely on what the game sounds like is ladies and gentlemen even though actually as much as i do like ladies and gentlemen it's not a terribly mechanical it's not a terribly tight game it's a bit messy it's a bit too complex it's a bit lopsided and that's funny the first time you play it but for repeat play it's not as great but people love it and people love playing it and i wonder if it's just because you know things like space marines and dragons and all of these kind of traditional themes are so heavily weighed with baggage of what they're like from films and tvs and computer games that um, people are a bit less enticed. Whereas these things, it's like, do you want to play a game about Mr. Darcy and being a young lady? Like, I just think that it's kind of like an unexplored territory. Yeah. You can jump in and make it their own without feeling like... There's a tendency, I think, with people... Uh, with sci-fi and fantasy to roll their eyes because it's got too much baggage already in their head of what they think it is and who they think it's for. Uh,
2: yeah I agree and even with Game of Thrones making dragons and you know like mounted horse combat, horse combat that's the not the correct term. Mounted Rome. horse combat uh, If you're peop- I think more people are into horse combat and dragons than ever before but if you see a dragon on the front of the box they're going to you know assume that everything else they know about board games is correct as yeah, well. Yeah absolutely. It's, that it's you know involves lots of dice it's complicated it's not for them. But it is funny with these and it's Sounds like
1: actually this is really similar to, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that it's a game which maybe isn't actually a very good game. But then, even if like us as kind of people who tear these things apart mechanically in our mind, if you're sitting down at a table with people and everyone's having a lot of fun because of the theme and it's enough to carry it, then
0: it's probably all right, isn't it? It's difficult. It's, It's not a game that I would I would shout about from the rooftops at all. It's not a game I would really step forward and say I recommend this. It's just it felt fresh because somebody took their time to make a game with with a different kind of theme that was amusing uh and there's enough in the source material there that you do end up with you know a quite substantial deck of cards of different things that happen and it's It doesn't feel like it it runs out of steam, you know there was something to engage you the whole time, and you have a sort of a mini game at the very end where you can see what each player's been working toward and you know which guy they're trying to marry, and it becomes a case of. Do you pursue a particular man or do you just sort of go for almost any man there is rolling in turn to see which well, one marries you? Well, we've all been there, haven't we? How did you we do, have. Paul? I uh, actually failed to get the man that I wanted, but then became a famous lady writer. That so I became is so you, I feel, a ah. Do you see, uh, though, it just somehow these things worked and yeah, I don't know. It just Who was together. the man you wanted? Uh, it was Darcy. Oh. He was funny, and I was trying to be funny, and I spent the whole time, the whole That's game, dumb- trying to get wittier. The more I poke this, <laughs>
2: this becomes sadder. So it's like you weren't sort of, like a personality wasn't strong
0: enough to capture the man you were this in love with. This is the story of my life. I'm never, never, never quite funny enough, and constantly trying to get funnier to to chase the funny person. Gee, and oh Rocky no, they're. Star montage now. They're, already, a- they're already married. They're already
2: married, That's... and it's all over. <laughs> what? What would? How would a Rocky style montage see you getting funny? I
1: imagine that he'd be <laughs> like uh, stepping up onto the steps, one step at a time. But at the top of the steps was a clown, and each step he squeezes the nose of the clown on the left, and then steps up <laughs> and right, left, right, left, right, with these two clowns just sit there, stony faced, while he's squeezing big, their noses and they make a
2: noise. Oh, uh, what about shoes? like the um, the punch bags that hang from the ceiling that you go, but it's like a clown's butt. Yeah. That's that's so really So the two good. different buttocks. Of a... Yeah, that's really funny. I don't, I know. Have, I don't have one of those little... existed now, but it's a uh... man.
1: We got the video cameras. We can. <laughs> it does seem a bit out of our budget to hire a clown that we can punch in the face and bum? No, we but... we
0: just we just do it like we get one of those little car horn things that they have. that go bum, bum, and custard pies. We can do that.
2: Yeah, we'll 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 workshop this.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> but Both me and Matt that's what the, we need uh, to move on at the same time board game about clowns how many board games about clowns are there
2: well yeah you know I was just going to cap off that last conversation about theme by saying like, I would encourage new designers to when picking theme just go for something that's different yeah, because you have yeah. all of human history and while yes you know you, you there's a certain amount of appeal in dragons and space marines like or even contemporary military stuff it's you're just going to be crowded out Whereas if you are a game about like a sinking submarine, then you only have like you know one or two competitors. If you're a game about marrying Mr Darcy, you have no competitors. And those kind of curveballs, I think, are I really feel good to into the hobby,
1: especially with board games, which do come with a lot of baggage of people, especially in uh, the UK and I guess maybe in the US, uh, a lot of baggage about what people think a board game is. You know, I like you know something dull you play at Christmas. I think just being able to say, oh, it's this board game, and then say what's it about, and go well, it's about this, and just say something which people just go oh, I've never heard of anything like that yeah, before. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just what wins people. That Then you've got them in your house,
2: and then all you've got to do is just give them a nice time, maybe a, uh, some dinner. Yeah, you know what? If a game, if a board game is interesting enough, it doesn't even matter how much fun someone nope. has necessarily, because they'll be like, wow, I'm really interested. And My- it seems like this is like a great gateway. It doesn't sound like a great
1: game, but it means if you've got somebody and you think, the only way I'm going to get them to play a bloody game is if it's about... Uh, <laughs> Mr.
2: Darcy. Oh, man. Then, yeah. I forgot I played this, but on the subject of like light card games that won't do what people expect, I played something called Billionaire Banshee uh, at a party over the holiday period. This is a game that was on Kickstarter by a guy who used to work at Harmonix, I think. Um, uh, but it's a card game and it's the simplest thing in the world. It's a deck of really positive traits that would belong in someone you want to date. So, like, they're a Kung Fu Master or they're a billionaire. Or you know, uh, I, I... that's the two things I go for. Well, uh, you know, or like, um, they're a fantastic chef. But then there's also an equally sized deck of cards of like problems. So I can ah. I can play, and the entire game is people voting on uh, like me and Paul, right? We can we can play this right now. So uh, the question is to Matt, <laughs> and don't answer right away. Okay. So you've got a prospective partner. Mm-hmm. She is a uh, she can fly. She can fly, she can carry, and this is the amazing thing about the game, there are bullet points that specify. So you'll get the she can fly card, but then it's like, or he, you know, the they, I think it uses um, they, um, can fly. They Mm -hmm. can carry you. Uh, They don't get cold and they don't get tired. Oh, that's really romantic. Yeah, you know, so that's great. Downside, they tend not to stop crying ever. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, so but you got to think about it. But like, I'm bearing in mind the game is about whether you would date them mm. as opposed to and like or like I don't know. It, it, you can I mean, me, specific, like, well. Don't answer, man, oh, okay. because <laughs> now me and Paul have to put our vote cards as to whether you would or wouldn't. Okay, okay. Uh, I think you would. I
0: I don't think Matt would because I think with all due respect, this fictional person who doesn't exist, but I nevertheless uh, have uh, you know I, I, I this is a person who still has merits and I have respect for them even though they're fictional. Oh my God! I do think that the constant perpetual crying, which happens, you know, when they're asleep, it happens when you introduce them to the family, it happens when when they go to the bathroom, you can hear them on the toilet just qu- crying away. It's not think. even that
1: complicated, actually, Paul. It's actually quite simple in the fact that, yes, she can fly. Yes, she can carry me. Yes, she's impervious to the cold. That immediately makes me think, all I've got to do, put a nice big coat on. And then she can fly me to like the North Pole or like Greenland or something. I can look at the auroras or whatever, wherever
2: they are. Oh, but she'd be crying the whole time. time. (laughs) So it's not
1: even like that you've got to be in a relationship with someone who's crying. Like that's like not as much of a problem. It's more the fact that they're holding you. So they're right next to you. And you're just there, like (laughs) you're just there flying through the air, which is probably going to be a little bit stressful anyway, with somebody crying right next to your face. It sounds like, oh, I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. So no way, no way, Jose, I wouldn't date this person. See, this no, they're is- probably I might be friends with them, now, but though.
2: probably not even that, to be I honest. mean, the, th- the thing is, like, that was fun, right? What we just did was fun. Yeah. And, uh, but it's it, you get laughs just from the cards flipping up, because if you flip them up one at a time, it's like, oh. And one we had was, um. oh, they're a fashion designer. They're like a world-class fashion designer. They make you clothes tailored to you. And the next card we flipped over was, um, they make you dress in drag constantly. <laughs> um, and the bullet points for that were like, you can never not be in drag, yeah. you know, even when you're meeting parents and stuff. Like, And it, it led to genuinely sort of interesting conversations. And plus, some of the cards in there are super raunchy. You know, I think I'd date that person now. Would, oh, completely. Yeah, like, it, it would be, be like, amazing. You'd but just be like, after a while, you'd be like, well, yeah. After really... that, you can maybe leave and keep the clothes. Yeah, like Although the be... clothes would be all for... Yeah, and-
1: I mean it would be fun I think. I honestly and 100% honestly I think I'd be up for that. It would be a really interesting experience. But I think at the same time like after maybe there will be some circumstances like maybe going to a funeral or something where you think oh, yeah, yeah yeah I really
2: don't think this is appropriate now like but you know, how, just for me you, you know, can still the, date for ages before going to a funeral probably I mean, it's I not like know. it's going to be a super weird first date <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so if people want to poke around for copies of Billionaire Banshee I absolutely recommend it it's one of the best conversation starters
0: I've ever seen and yeah really lovely little uh, Kickstarter you know but, what that reminds me of by the way there's that what's the card game about uh, characters fighting um,
2: oh, the, the one where it's, like, two people fight and you all argue about whether, like, an eagle with a rocket launcher would defeat Batman or whatever.
0: Yeah, because I never quite got into that, and this sounds, to me, thematically way more fun than talking about people just who would win a fight.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it is way better. It's also better than um uh, Slash, which was a super interesting slash weird Kickstarter, which was, like... You'd flip two oh, cards yes. and it would be like Big Bird and He Man, and then you would have to narrate a short story as to how they met and how they got it on. Um That sounds more fun than fighting. It, but that was better than fighting, but billionaire Banshee is better than both. Yeah, no, that sounds a lot better. Sounds uh, good. So the next game I don't know if, I don't know how we can move on from like whether this will be as much fun, but we did finally play Flick 'em up. Mm. Is, never mind all these smalled card games. Big ol' oh, game.
0: I am so jealous.
2: Uh, yeah, we got to play it at Gen Con We got our copies back We finally played a bit of it over Christmas uh, But Matt's played the most I have We're doing our video review for this right here And I'm super excited I'm the best uh, Matt is the best
1: Yeah, no, it's really good Flick Up is very strong It's uh, Interestingly, there are elements of it That make it a bit different from Catacombs Which you guys have talked about in the past And we'll probably end up covering it on the site a bit more now It's new and
2: different Yeah, if people but... want to just quickly Google Shut up and sit down Catacombs If you don't know about Catacombs But Matt, what's Flick Up?
1: Flick 'em up is you've got these little wooden cowboy men and little cardboard hats, which are cute. And basically, you've got little scenarios whereby you can move your cowboy around or you can shoot. And the way you move is you replace your little cowboy with a little wooden disc, which you then have to carefully flick to where you want them to go. And then you've got little wooden bullets that you can flick and you've got to hit and, and the key thing and knock over the enemy with and the fun thing about it is the fact that when you're moving the little disc you flick is not allowed to touch anything otherwise the move is just wasted which is so annoying which is so (laughs) annoying because it means that if you want to flick to hide behind cover you better be bloody good at flicking Yeah. Um, and the other thing of course is when you're flicking the bullets which are smaller little chunkier things um, A, you have to knock over the other person so if you just knock them a bit and it's not hard enough then it means that uh, it didn't work didn't actually knock them over take any health but also Friendly fire is on, and uh, <laughs> it's basically the first thing you hit. So the first person you hit, if they get knocked over, loses health. Anyone else that gets hit afterwards, so if it ricochets, nothing. And so it means you've got to, you've got to flick it quite hard to knock them over, but too hard, and you might miss. Or It's very, very fun immediately. It's got a very simple set of rules. Um, and actually, what kind of differentiates it from, uh, from catacombs, which is the other kind of flicky piece thing where you've got to do similar things, is Catacombs is quite flat, in a way. You've just got lots of these little discs and lots more rules, admittedly. But with this, you've got this fun, weird thing of the fact that because Flick'Em Up actually has buildings, as well as these little cardboard stand-up buildings that you can enter and exit and have jewels in, and might talk about that in a minute. It's fun. It means that because you've got this slight bits of terrain, like you might have a little cactus, you might have a little building, it means sometimes you find yourself in a position where your little man is hiding in a great position, but it means that he's so close to the building that the, the place your arm physically needs to be in for you to flick the bullet becomes really hard to get into. And it starts to be a bit like playing pool. This might not be a good reference Ooh. for people in the US who have more space, but for anyone in the UK <laughs> where you've played a game of pool in a bit of a dive bar pub, uh, where you, there's always one bit of the table where you kind of, if the ball is there, you kind of can't put the cue at the angle you want to. You have to raise the angle up a bit to take this awkward shot. So you have moments where you think, oh, how am I going to do this? And it ends up being not this kind of like, well, we kind of house ruled it. Of No, you're not allowed to move anything. You've got to flick it from where it is. And it means that every now and then you're like, this is perfect. Lined up this flick perfect. But sometimes you're just doing this awkward thing and you know you're never going to hit anything.
0: And it's just funny. It does sound like, sorry. No, no, Paul, you go. How rude Uh, of me. rude. Uh, I was going to say it does sound like positioning becomes incredibly important if you're trying to just delicately, you know, duck yourself into cover. It really or around is. Around the back of a building or something like that, in that. That's the thing. that Sabutio ish way.
1: Absolutely. You've got this dual layer of strategy there of being like wanting to move into a certain position so that, A, it's a good position for your man to be standing in so he can't be shot or whatever, or he's a good position to move wherever he needs to go, but also moving someone to a position where you're confident that whatever you need to do next, you're going to be able to do without having bits of the scenario getting in the way of your arm, which is a surprising <laughs> level of complexity
2: that I really enjoyed. It's just so dumb. I mean, like, that's what I kind of look for and because that's where all the laughter comes from in a dexterity game. If you had to play a dexterity game with a joy as something, like, deeply tactical, I'd, for me, all the great moments in it is, like, someone missing a shot that's extremely close or having to take something impossibly difficult and doing it, like... Just the way that the dexterity nature of it meets, leads to impossible stuff happening all yeah. the time. And you get a glancing blow where you perfectly flick a shot at someone and for whatever reason it just knocks
1: them and they wobble a bit but they don't fall over. I mean
2: that is, yeah, the best, like, if, if you're looking for a moment that defines flick em up it's like you're an, your opponent lines up his bullet and poof, he goes flying off, hits your cowboy and your cowboy gets like flattened against a building but doesn't yeah. fall over. Which is like in Back to the Future when Marty McFly gets shot, but he's got the metal plate, so he's fine, and then you can yeah. shoot back. Except you can't shoot back, because if you're flat against the wall, then those bullets are going to be flat against the wall as well, which means there's no way for you to get your finger in there. It's it's dumb, it's simple, it's funny, it's and what a beautiful
1: box, oh my god. It is. I mean, I actually gave a copy that I uh, bought when I was out in Gen Con to my brother as a Christmas present, and he was really happy with it. We had a lot of fun playing the game, but it's just a beautiful gift. And it's, it's one of those things that's actually lovely in the fact that the game is simple enough that you can buy it for somebody quite confidently that they're going to be able to play it and have fun with it. Because we found that actually a lot of the, the little fun nuance thing is almost circumstantial. circumstantial things you realise as you're playing. That's like a bit more interesting to think, but so easy just in there and play it. I think the only weakness we found with it, which we'll kind of go into a bit more detail in the review, obviously in the video, which will be up uh, pretty soon, I think, uh, or after, depending on when this uh, goes up. Like a couple of days after. A couple of days after. Uh, one of the things about it that is um, a bit of a problem is the fact that like the scenarios are just a little bit weak. The little tools that, that you get from the scenarios, in a way of like being like this is this, this does this. It kind of each of the different missions in the scenario tends to introduce new mechanics like dynamite and Winchester rifle, each of which kind of vary in terms of how good they are. But the actual scenarios just feel a bit weirdly unbalanced in a way. Like, they're just not always that much fun to play. And you often get to the point where it's over and you kind of think, oh, like, it doesn't feel like... It's not quite right. It feels like they were maybe thrown together a little more quickly. But it's fine because it's clear that once you kind of just flick through the manual and understand all these systems, you can just X-wing it of basically being like, work together with a friend and, and build a little town and then take it in turns to place obstacles
2: and then have a shootout and invent, like, your own little... Games with, yeah, it's like Flick 'em Up is like my first Fisher Price miniatures game, you know, yeah. but in a way that isn't at all bad. You yeah, know, it's like it's a miniatures game with like two pages of rules that mostly uses physics, and then from there, you can design your own scenarios and your own like you, it's a playset rather than a campaign book if people were looking for that. So, here's, yeah, a, here's a
0: question What do you get in the box? How much, uh, sort of cardboard building stuff do you get in there? It's
2: about six buildings,
1: and the little building stands for it. You also get like a little, uh, a little uh, what's called like a little noose that goes on something, so you can have a You can have a character being hung. Yeah, and you can shoot the noose. It's got
2: barrels. Yeah, it means
1: you can stand the man on a barrel, and then if you knock the barrel out, then the man falls and gets hung
2: or something. I can't remember if it works that way or maybe it saves him. It's probably for kids. Most (laughs) important, most as opposed to him slowly strangling. Uh, Most importantly, it's got I think two or three large wooden cacti. Yeah, they're the, awesome. I they're really like so them. good because they, they you just knock them over with a bullet, and then they wherever they end up, they sort of spring back up like a, like one of those um dancers that you blow in, air into yeah. by the side of the road. But you've got enough basic stuff in there to like you know easily build yourself a little symmetrical thing. And even we
1: were just talking about like you know make your own little capture the flag style like kind of mechanics. It's 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 very simple, and you can it's very it's basically yeah it's like a play box. You can have a lot of fun with it. I mean my, my dad played it, and my dad had a great time. You know, he used to play Sabuio when he was younger. And uh, yeah, it's got a lot of really lovely ideas. Like, you know, when you do go into a building, if an enemy guy comes into the building, then it means that you then have an actual dual shootout where you take it in turns to flick a
2: shot and then very gradually move slowly forward to closer to each other. And that's great. It's it really intense. Yeah, Paul, imagine something like out of Garth Marenghi where uh, two people are walking towards each other. Firing, like, three bullets, then taking a step forward for something in the region of, like, 45 seconds. Yeah. Oh God, I can imagine then,
0: that quite easily.
2: But then when
1: you win the duel, your prize for being, like, the only player with any of your characters still in the building is you get to flick the men out of the building. Yes, God, yes. And, like, even when you're in a building, it means you can't you you can be shot, but you can shoot out of a building. But then that's difficult as well. And it, it kind of... Basically, it's uses an incredibly simple set of rules most of which don't need to be explained because they are just the rules of bloody physics to (laughs) recreate like theme and scenario in a way which is awesome i mean both times i've played it i found myself just naturally like getting into the role of being the outlaws or being the the kind of uh the lawman really of being like when you're playing as the bandits you do find yourself being like we're coming for you this is our city now and it's just, it's yeah, it's just really, really good fun. It's, it's just, just
2: yeah, a wonderful tool for regression, and yeah, I, w- I was going to talk about the expansion, but we've got to save something for the review.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, do I will be looking forward to this because it's a game that I have had. So, I've been in even in the same room as it and not been able to play it.
2: That is, uh, that is a shame. I've got a, I've got it a quest is. for you two now before uh, we move on to our folk game of the month. I played a Euro game called T cal Euro games can be a little dry, so. Oh, yes. uh, so your job is to ask questions and make sure that, like, why don't tell you what? Here's what we can do: either of you can like make a klaxon noise, like buzz in, <laughs> if I'm being boring. Okay. Or well, forever. <laughs> no, for the like for the next few minutes. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. So uh, and you can ask questions, try and keep me on the beaten track, right? You're like you're like my handlers. Okay. So, t is a game... <laughs> Fuck, I'm nervous now. What is T-Cal, Quinn? t T-Cal is a game where you all play archaeologists. And Ooh. I've never worked this hard in my life. To, I'm re- okay, so you all play archaeologists. Um, you've arrived in a jungle in deep South America. And the whole board is covered in hexes. But um, that, the board itself is just printed trees. Like, nothing but trees. Mm-hmm. And then you get these hexes. And on the reverse side of the hexes are, like, little clearings in the trees. So you initially, like, have one spot on the board, which is a clearing. So you cut through the trees. You're cutting through the trees by placing hexes on the board. That's cool. Yeah, I thought so. And then you have a limited number of action points each turn, and you've got your little pickup trucks on your open hexes. And slowly, you're going to be revealing things like temples. Temples are the big thing. And oh, you're going to be... Oh, yes. Like the, the, yeah. the big
0: stacked South American... Yeah, big the, sort of... The actual um, Incan? things. Yeah, are they, are they called Tikal things? Uh, I think it's an. Uh, I don't know enough don't know This is be boring quiet. <laughs> This is boring Okay so
2: you've, you're going to be putting pickup trucks uh, More and more pickup trucks on the board uh, of your colour And then you're going to be driving them To temples but The amount of action points it takes to drive between Hexes depends on little things printed On the hex so when you're placing hexes on your turn Because everyone places hexes on their turn you're making certain pathways harder or easier to get into. So you're building good roads for yourself and bad roads for other yep. people. Yeah, and then when you have clearings in the jungle, you can spend action points putting a camp there, and only you can spawn pickup trucks from that camp. And every so often, there's a scoring round, and uh, the player that scores the temple is the person with the most pickup trucks there. Uh, and there's also sort of like treasures you can pick up, and then there's like a that sounds sex like loads of fun. Point. It's sounds good. Like a lot of driving. It's, it's loads of driving man, it's basically driving pickup trucks to the game. Also, if you uh, you can claim a temple permanently as yours, forever, no one else can ever have it, by spending like five action points and putting a guard on it. Basically, it's just, you've got to imagine like, thematically what's happening is, you know, you're, you're flipping a hex and you're driving people He's there. It's
1: destroying a jungle.
2: No, well, yeah, you're carving through this jungle, but also it's like, you drive a pickup truck and you're like, oh man, this temple's beautiful, that one's been here for like a thousand years and then two pickup trucks drive over from like your friend's expedition. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll take it from here. And then you get on the radio, it's like, get more trucks till now. Yeah. And then you get like 18 trucks pouring in. Uh, and obviously, hopefully, you're the third player in that situation, watching your two friends pour resources into controlling this temple. Or you drive off into a different part of the jungle and control like three temples.
0: It sounds kind of like area control, where you're just trying to get the most numbers into a place. It's a bit numbery, it's a bit complicated, especially
2: when you come to how you score, because you can also spend action points improving a temple, making it worth more points. You're essentially clearing undergrowth off it. And that makes the temple better, but it's making it better for everyone, potentially. So it's area control, but area control where you can just make something better and then your friend takes it, which is... Sort of unusual. Um, I liked it a lot. And as a Euro game, it's, it's really fun to... It's from like 2005 or something. It's fun to go back and play Euro games before they became these things with like 25-page manuals. You know, TKL's actually very, very simple. And I had an awesome time with it. and would recommend it to anyone who wants something kind of
0: conflict-averse and thinky and pretty. And yeah, I liked it. I wonder if I would like that because I almost feel that's what uh, Carcassonne still is to me, is, is a Euro game before things got... Uh, you know, too overcomplicated or too, had too many things bolted into them or simmering under them.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's actually pretty much the exact reason I'm excited for Concordia. I cannot wait for Concordia, uh, our review and playing it and stuff uh, later this month because that's a game that came out in 2013, got a lot of hype and you're, you're just trading in the Mediterranean, which is, as I understand it, a joke among board game reviewers that that's the theme on everything all the yeah. time. Um, it's it's almost,
0: it's well, it's rote, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and do you know what the expansion for uh, Concordia adds? So this is a game where you can trade brick and silk and wine. The expansion adds a new good. Uh, salt. is it Salt. <laughs> you can trade... You can be a salt baron and control ah. the salt trade 2,000 years ago. That's the sexiest resource they could come up with. But I like that. And actually,
1: one of the things I really like about playing board games is that sometimes it does remind you of, of history in a fun way, of things like, you know, things like simpler things, like Sheriff of Nottingham of being like, oh, yeah, Pepper being
2: like... Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, like stuff like these simple spices like we used to go to war over pepper yeah and now it's just like I mean I wouldn't want to wait hang on did we? It. did we go to war over I'm pepper. sure at some point in history people have gone to war
2: over black
0: pepper I've been to war over Dr. Pepper yeah. yeah
2: I remember that Paul and I still think you're in the wrong we don't talk about that, guys. We really don't. If people are interested in the history of salt, uh, oh, there's, a there's a great book. There's a great No, wait. Leave me alone. This is good. There's a great book on the history of salt called Salt uh, that teaches about salt.
1: Listen, I come from a place uh, in Cheshire that's very close to a town I spent a lot of time in called Northwich which is famous for having salt mines and had a salt Oh my museum. God. Have you oh. been? I've did. been to some salt mines. Why, why is this they, happening? They dug so many salt mines under Northwich that they tried to then fill it up and basically, Northwich started to sink. Really? And honestly, yeah. this is brilliant trivia in the fact that they had a selection of things they were considering doing um, to deal with this problem. The fact this this city, was this, this town was sinking because they dug underneath it. The, the options they went through were maybe to just fill it up with concrete or maybe fill it up with rubbish. Or maybe just wow. to completely move Northwich about 20 miles down the road, just rebuild it, which amusingly like... Oh, Lots of the exact same scenarios that they came up with in The Simpsons. I was going to say, happened to Springfield.
2: Yeah, in The Simpsons, they'd move the town. Yeah, and they were going through the exact same
1: process of options for Northwich, which I thought was amazing. What did they do? I think well it hasn't sunk yet and they haven't moved it, <laughs> so I don't really know but there was this a great is, this bit of, uh... is a
0: problem across Britain though isn't it that yeah. we've dug out so much of the the underground of Britain that if you jump up and down in bits of Britain you'll just go through the ground
1: yeah there was a great bit of graffiti in Northwich because it was a pretty rubbish place that just said Northwich is sinking let it wow <laughs> which I always
0: really liked yeah. ooh harsh.
1: yeah salt eh don't salt. dig too much of it up otherwise your town will fall over
2: a lesson for us all yeah <laughs> Folk game of the month. Yes, it's that part of the show where we discuss a folk game sent in by one of our readers to the email address hidden at the bottom of www.shutupandsitdown.com. A game that isn't, you know, that you don't buy, but it is instead passed through the ages from father to daughter, uh, or in this case, almost certainly from man to man. Last time we discussed knife games briefly, and I got <laughs> slightly excited... And I said I was going to go away and research more knife games. Um, and then the government got a hold of your Google account. <laughs> well, I, give, I wish it was as exciting as that. There's no information on knife games on the internet. Like, yeah. not, not a decent resource. That said, uh, our audience got very excited. I got lots of emails from uh, scoutmasters and knife enthusiasts. Oh, God. And uh, this is the best one and probably my favourite folk game we've uh, had sent in in a while,
0: uh, Paul, if, you, uh, if you're ready to go. I am ready to go with, uh, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly, with this folk game from Coty Easter. Mm. Coty Easter, who wrote in very friendly uh, greeting, said, howdy, Paul and Quinns. Didn't say anything about Matt. So, Matt, if you could <laughs> close your ears.
1: Fine, I'll just go and get a drink or something. Don't... don't I, first, I'll stop I, listening. I'm, I'm not listening, all right? Just carry
0: on. I just imagined Matt falling through the floor of a salt mine. Ahem. Um, <clears throat> I'm writing to you from the US, more specifically from the beautiful foothills of Arkansas. I didn't know that had any foothills. In my lovely slice of the planet, it is still very commonplace for every male over the age of 13 to carry a pocket knife. The act of carrying the knife is so popular that a man such as myself, who abstains, is generally, tweet, generally t- treated as an oddity, uh, which people marvel and guffaw. No one's guffawed in like 40 years. They do in Arkansas for sure. They do it. They do it, Cody. Uh, growing. <laughs> Growing up as a member of a poor Arkansas family with old-worldly parents and relatives, I got to enjoy many of the folk games with which my parents had grown up. Having grown up with the folk games, I am an adept knife-thrower, have many scars on my hands from five-finger fillet, and have ruined many a pair of shoes from mumble-tea-peg games gone awry. If you remember, mumble peg was sort of you'd throw it in the ground...
2: Yeah, it was it was a game of sort of chicken as to who could throw their knife closer to their foot and, and have it I, stick in the ground. Yeah, it doesn't, just which doesn't imply it's gone through it's your the shoe foot and yeah. into your foot. Yeah,
0: I am writing to y'all. He says y'all to explain a game that my cousins and I played as children. We were taught it by our fathers, who had no name for it, and therefore we always called it the Fun Stick Game. Fun being said half sarcastically. It was a game which was passed down to us through generations as a method for solving disagreements, for which it was usually better for us to play the stick game than resolve arguments in our favorite fashion fighting. The game was simple. It was a two-player game in which the players find a stick, which was about as big around as the player's wrists. It's pretty big. That's so, a, log. a stick. That's a log. And as long as the shortest player, which is really big. Each player would grab the middle of the stick with hands interlaced, and the goal is to be the last player holding the stick at the end. Vigorous... This <laughs> definition of stick is way out there. Just, just They're hold growing it. Big in Arkansas. The, yeah. the definition of the rule is just to hold it, no matter what. Vigorous shaking, foul words. He says foul words. A dislocated shoulder or two, and on one rare occasion, a cracked cheekbone would ensue and the winner would ultimately be left proudly standing over the conquered opposition with their hard-fought victory being a badge of honour one would wear until the next argument spoiled the victory. The game was called upon to settle any dispute that would arise from something as small as the last of the leftovers to something important to us at the time of trying to win the favour of a beautiful girl. Because in my mind, this actually
1: sounds like the best way to solve any form of dispute because... If your dispute has to be solved with something that involves you, first of all, having to go and find a (laughs) stick, which is as short, as long as somebody. And by the time you have actually found it, you're probably not
2: angry anymore. You're probably just really cold. I mean, like it does give you... I worry they just had one in their house ready for this. Oh, well, you would, wouldn't you? But I like the way you're thinking that it gives you a window to solve the dispute. Yeah, to just be like, actually, do we need to start? Shaking a stick around vigorously
1: and trying to break each other's jaws.
2: I mean, there's an intimidation factor, isn't it? If 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 you're like, oh, I really want that last slice of pizza, and then the like huge husky dude from Arkansas opposite you's like, right, come with me, we're going outside. Yeah, I think. So that solves it real quick. Yeah, you just say no. Like, I don't know. There's something
1: about this actually. I don't. I don't like. It's just. It's like the whole one of the reason I love games is it's supposed to be you know a battle of skill or wits. And in this, it's just like I imagine. Unless you're quite physically strong, you're not going to be good at this game. Well, obviously, which is why I don't play sports. I mean, <laughs> stop introducing sticks to sports. Don't
2: be such a like dweeb as to say that there are two kinds of games. That but I are like, am a dweeb. Yeah, but it's we can't. As from like a, We can't say there are games Which are like board games and card games and dexterity games Which are real games And then there are sports and stuff like this stick game Which is not a game because no, I'm, not saying I'm that. bad at I'm it I'm not saying that, I'm just saying I'm terrified of it Because I don't want to get hurt Yeah, I mean, let's, 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 this is a
1: bad game But it's awesome I mean, it's the sort of game that I think I'd be really excited about If I was big and
0: strong and and, and cool Dude, I'm
2: excited about it now But I'd be over the moon about it if
0: I was drunk I'd play it with you and Paul <laughs> You know what? I think we need to resolve this discussion by playing the fun stick game. We just, could. just hold on. Just hold on. I no mean, matter what.
2: That's a stretch goal in our next donation drive, isn't it? We need to find. I mean, Paul's the shortest, so we need to find a stick as tall as Paul. Oh, but we're all like that's, six feet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, man! If, I, if I, I hunch, I'm about five foot eleven, or I'm, I don't know, I'm about five foot eleven. So we just need a five foot eleven stick. That's not hard. If, if people would like to mail in... A if we go to a hardware store, if we go to a hardware store, we can find oh, I don't actual... do it
2: with, like, a two-by-four, that would be... Yeah, then we're getting into some really kind of caveman-style
1: thing, like, shake the two-by-four. Until... Man who well, holds on to... best is best
0: right man. We've can got to we... drive into the woods or something, then, because there's not going to be anything in London. There's not going to be a stick that big. That hasn't been appropriated by a criminal. What were the so, activities?
2: I want to dig into this email more because I swear I read it twice and it becomes more amazing the more you read it. So, first of all, he says that yeah, you can shake it. Also, foul language. So, imagine the huge dude gripping <laughs> the stick opposite you, just like swearing <laughs> at you, just calling you the worst words, which for some reason I'm now coy about despite me always accidentally saying them on Shut Up and Sit Down. <laughs> but, like, just, just shouting that at you. For the duration pie. of the game. I just
1: feel like this This is a, an incredible analogy for physical sports and the fact that it boils down to being like, who's the strongest and the most intimidating? You've won. <laughs> 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 Which is fun. I like, I like the honesty of that. I like that it is just
2: like, shake this stick while swearing at somebody. You're, are you calling this the ultimate sport?
0: Yes. Okay. Paul? I... Well... I I I'm try, I, I'm now trying to think. What is the ultimate sport? What well, is this is this? Do I get I mean, excited it, it, about? We can we can agree that it is this.
2: But, it's this. But the what else? Like the fact that they said like, also this this helped them solve the dispute about leftovers, sure. But also about like which of them would ask a girl out. If I'm reading the email correctly, can you imagine like having the really candid discussion? Like that's almost like a shot we like, like a joke we would do in a video of like oh, me and yeah. Matt saying oh, I really like her. Do you really like her? Ah, oh, I mean. That's, that's a real shame, man. I, let's see, who can, see who's best at shaking the uh, stick. And then just like a smash cut to the two of us outside in our pants shaking like a stick.
1: I'm just imagining a world now in which like the Super Bowl has been replaced by like shake Stick, and people being like, <laughs> "Oh, you can see the new Coca-Cola after the, the shakestick game last night? That was crazy. Yeah.
0: You know who's from Arkansas it is the Clintons are. And if Hillary Clinton gets into power, this will be how everything gets resolved. Yeah. This will be like... So that's of- an improvement.
1: I can't imagine she'd be... I don't know how... Yeah. So I, you well, got a Bill Clinton is, and, is. I don't know if Hillary is, but yeah, I mean,
0: I was, they live I was,
2: there. I was too busy thinking to laugh at that, Paul, but I want you to know that that was really funny. <laughs> Bill Clinton, of course, famous for a different kind of shake stick. Hey! Clinton, there we go. There we go. An, now an we have to start the whole joke.
0: podcast again. Now we have... Yeah. That's erase that, joke in the joke in the podcast. Again, again. It's too risque actual sort of silence uh if you,
2: <laughs> if you have a folk game you would like for us to discuss
0: or if you're bill Clinton uh
2: if you're Bill Clinton we'd love to hear from you uh Dylan. uh I, I we sort of we used to answer all questions on this podcast but now i I much prefer this sort of cherry picking of something uh sort of kind of short kind of funny oh, ridiculous ridiculous you know if you've just got stories of board games if you uh, if you want to tell us we're wrong, if you want to outline an argument as to why we're brilliant, any of these things, if you've got a folk game, email us. We'll have a great time discussing Or a silly gaming
0: story. Yeah. Oh, you know 100%. what? I forgot to tell you. I played, uh, this is a very quick silly gaming story to wind down with. Uh, we played Two Rooms and a Boom at Christmas, but there was only about eight of us. That's... Eight is a great number for it's two worked, rooms. because all you do is you do the rounds for about a minute which is enough time to get into a room and try and work out who the leader is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's brilliant and you have that and you just have... You do that with a lot of gin and it is the best game ever because it's I mean, just eight people stumbling in and out of two rooms with no time. I mentioned this
2: <laughs> on, in our top 50 but we got distracted by the fact that two rooms and a boom can seat like 16 players because it's just fantastic. Like... The sweet spot is like 10, 12, yeah. Yeah. And then you just pour grey cards into it so that there's like a third faction to mix things up and you have an amazing time. Yeah, it's good times. Good times. So as far as the bar being set for people emailing in, I want to express that the Dice Tower had a story where uh, a guy, uh, the Dice Tower podcast, excellent sort of gaming podcast and YouTube series, they had a guy write in to tell them about a time that he was reaching behind a radiator to rescue an errant board game component and his arm got stuck. Wow. Um, not a radiator, maybe. Well, a guy, that happened to a guy at my school. I don't know if I'm getting this oh, confused. Oh, yeah, that's like, have, that's like one of my nightmares. Yeah, it's, super it's a bad. classic
0: school thing as well. There was always some kid who had that, you know, they're, they're locked in a cupboard or their arm is dislocated behind a radiator. It's a school <laughs> thing. No, it is. Jesus, you yeah, Or they slip school. into the toilet or something. No, I, I, rem-
2: I remember it well now. Yeah, it was a guy who got his arm stuck behind a shelf um, or like a <laughs> cupboard while well, trying to rescue a board game component. And then people came over for it. Like, he was stuck there for like 20 minutes until people come over, came over for the board game night he was hosting. Oh, and then wow. they came in and saw him and obviously just laughed because <laughs> he didn't, you know, lock his front door. They just came in and he's like, guys, help. Uh, so that's that's the level of story, and if we can beat that, so basically I, just a combination of loneliness and misfortune, really. If you, yeah, well, you you haven't have you went on any of the podcasts where we've now got a guy in the Antarctic with board games. Yeah, no, that's so cool. He's gonna be writing in any moment now for uh, an update on how those games are getting on. It seemed like I was making a pun about temperatures. So I cool. I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't. I hate it when I accidentally make bad puns. Quick, let's wrap it up while this is still okay. awesome leave. Thank you so much for listening everybody I've been Quentin Smith. I've been Paul Dean I'm still Matt Lees and this has been fun Uh, we'll speak to you guys soon, goodbye Bye. Bye. bye